0: WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. That's WonderfulPistachios.com. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 1537, In Praise of Lunch, by Dr. Jenny Brockus of drjennybrockus.com, and I'm Dr. Neil. Hello, happy Tuesday, and welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I simply read to you from the best health and fitness blogs for free. I cover fitness, nutrition, stress management, weight management, and lots more just like an audiobook, but from a bunch of different authors, and always with permission from the sites, and always with a bit of my commentary at the end. But on Fridays, I do something a little different. I answer your questions right here on the show. Don't forget, you can send one in by going to oldpodcast.com ask, or email your question directly to health at oldpodcast.com. All right, with that, Let's hear today's post and continue optimizing your life. In Praise of Lunch by Dr. Jenny Brockus of drjennybrockes.com. Do you eat lunch? According to the Australia Institute, 3.8 million people in Australia regularly skip lunch. The most common reason cited being that they're too busy to stop and eat. For those who do, less than 96% consume their food while sitting at our desks. The term al desco, coined by Carl Honore, reflects the growing trend for many of us to fail to take a proper lunch break. But it wasn't always so. There was a time, oh dearly beloved, and not so long ago, that there was in existence a ritual called the lunch break that took place in meeting halls called the canteen or staff kitchen, where people would come together on a daily basis and undertake the sharing of bread and other victuals. Some were even known to partake of a more highly specialized ritual in a more fancy meeting hall known as the long lunch or the liquid lunch down at the local pub, often accompanied the joint decision of the participants to curtail any useful work activity thereafter. Today, the issue is less of yearning for time out for a fancy lunch, but stopping to take any sort of meal break. What's going on that we feel so compelled to keep working? It's not that we aren't allowed to stop. We make that decision ourselves. There have been a number of occasions after presenting a seminar on bringing your best self to work when I've been asked in hushed, conspiratorial tones about what can be done to persuade Trudy, Simon, Alex, or Belinda to leave their desk to take a break during the day. It matters because poor eating and non-eating habits are costing us dearly. According to the ILO report, Food at Work, Poor nutrition is causing up to 20% in lost productivity globally through malnutrition and obesity. Mindless eating is bad for brains. While missing an occasional meal or making one trip to the fast food joint won't hurt, it's when this becomes the norm that it becomes an issue. Failing to stop for a proper break leads to mindless eating. Can you remember what you had for lunch yesterday or the day before? When we're in a rush or eating on the go, we end up consuming more calories. You may think you're saving time eating your purchased wrap while driving to your next appointment, but the risk, other than ending up with mayo or worse still, vinaigrette, because it's such a pain to get the oily stain out from your shirt front, is that you don't notice what you've eaten or how much. As one advertisement famously boasts, once you pop, you just can't stop. Yes, I too find that Once that chip packet has been opened, it's as if an alien hand keeps going back to grab another handful. It's no secret that snacking on junk food is contributing to our rapidly expanding waistlines, and obesity is a risk factor for cognitive decline. In regards to better brain health, the message is clear. Our choice of food provides those essential nutrients to fuel our brain for a more positive mood, better memory, and better thinking. Brains do better on real food. One reason the human brain evolved to be the magnificent organ it is is because a few thousand years ago, we began cooking our food, leading to the more effective release of nutrients and reducing the amount of time we would have to otherwise spend foraging for raw food. The best foods for brain health have been shown to include those as found in the Mediterranean-style diet that is based primarily on plants yes, mom was right to tell us to eat our greens some lean protein, seeds and nuts, fruits and berries, whole grains, and plenty of water. We don't have to make it any more complicated than that. Providing your brain with nutrition that supports best brain health and function is a must to provide the energy required to effectively navigate our long and busy days. Running on empty reduces thinking capacity, leads to poorer decision-making, and slow processing of information. Worse still, your low blood sugar can lead to an emotional disturbance called being hangry. Being somewhat prone to this myself, my partner has learned over the years to avoid this predicament by ensuring that if elements of hanger start to appear, they will quickly proffer sustenance in the form of a snack of hummus and vegetable sticks or a piece of cheese, depending on what they can find on short notice lurking in the fridge. Providing your brain with a nice, steady supply of nutrients by eating every three to four hours through three meals and a couple of snacks is ideal to keep blood sugar levels even and your thinking intact. It's not just about food. But there's something else at play here too. It's not just about the food. Taking a break provides your brain with a breather so you can refuel on essential nutrients to keep your brain healthy and performing better, re-energize a tired brain that's been working hard all morning and reconnect with our friends and colleagues to share a bit of banter, chat about life and boost our emotional and social think tanks. Invest in your brain. Choosing to take a proper lunch break every day is about making healthy nutrition a non-negotiable in the same way as getting enough sleep, exercising regularly and managing our stress. It doesn't have to be hard or expensive but it does require a decision and practice. Because being creatures of habit, good intentions quickly get rerouted to the old way of doing, especially when we're under pressure, tired, and stressed. Making one small change is all it takes. What can you do to ensure your brain stays well-nourished? How can you plan on your working week to provide you the time and space to make healthier choices? Creating a healthy eating culture? Real change always starts from the top. To use corporate speak, this is about investing in your existing human capital. Think, people. What this shows is two things. One, you care. Two, you understand the value of having a happy, healthy, well-nourished workforce in relation to productivity and performance. Breaking bread together was one of the earliest ways we learned as humans to create meaningful and trusting relationships. You just listened to the post titled In Praise of Lunch by Dr. Jenny Brockus of drjennybrockus.com. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast, indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dr. Neil here for my commentary. Look, Dr. Brockus is absolutely right. The quality of our diets can absolutely influence brain health. In fact, a meal plan supporting brain health would follow a Mediterranean-type diet, as Dr. Brock has mentioned, and it might look something like this. Every day, consume mostly whole grains. Get your five to nine servings of fruits and vegetables each day, especially those that are dark green, orange, and red. Eat red meat sparingly, and instead consume lean meats like poultry and fish especially twice a week include legumes, nuts, and seeds into your daily meals and snacks. And when it comes to using oils, choose olive oil and other vegetable oils. Now, there are other lifestyle behaviors that we need to consider as well. Staying active, for example, not only physically, but mentally, and as Dr. Brock has mentioned, socially. These are really important for preventing dementia and possibly Alzheimer's disease. Moving your body through exercise promotes the health of the neurons or the nerves in the brain and also can help reduce inflammation in the body. Challenging your brain with puzzles and learning new skills can also strengthen these neurons. And safely visiting with friends and family can help too. Researchers have found that socializing seems to help prevent dementia and Alzheimer's disease too. Also, meditation may promote brain health. Now, it's important for me to say that none of the nutrients or foods I mentioned or the other lifestyle behaviors by themselves will prevent disease. It's really about combining as many of these as we can and performing them consistently that seems to be most helpful. All right, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening every day. I hope you're having a fantastic week and I'll see you back here tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.